Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Cy Brown, hanging out with you for another show, LifeRemixedRadio.com. Today we are talking politics for the full show. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, this morning our esteemed president, President Barack Obama, for those of you who may have been living in a shell for the last, eh, I don't know, couple of years, he actually made a surprise Iraqi visit, and I will be giving a lot of details on that because that is the major ish right there <laughs> that he's and George Bush was good for doing that. George Bush, you know, would show up and, you know, he would just do some surprise stuff too. But I think it's just because he didn't want people to have planned questions and stuff like that. So I, I think when he maybe I would be remiss in saying that he was a little disingenuous, but uh George Bush kinda showed up and did some things also. But you know I mean, President Barack Obama's showing up in Iraq. That's some big stuff because right now he's coming off of a week of the G20 summit, and there's a lot of stuff jumping off. And I believe, you know, I, I want to believe that um, that he was well-received, and I believe he was, aside from everybody complaining that Michelle Obama had a pooch, which I thought was ridiculous. I believe they're just not used to a black woman being in the White House and we have curves and booties and guts and all that other stuff. Everybody is not built like Callista Flockhart. But you know what? Anyway, it, it, it is what it is. We're going to get into it. I'm also going to talk about how Vermont has legalized gay marriage. I mean, they have literally overridden, I don't know if it's override or overridden, um, the governor's veto, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then we're going to talk about the economy and a couple of other really good things. And, you know, there's just so much happening. I mean, there's, there's really so much happening. And uh, I just think Vermont legalizing gay marriage, and I believe it was Iowa that has also legalized gay marriage. I was watching Bill Maher on Friday night, and he was talking how gay marriage was now legalized. So there's there's a lot of rumblings and grumblings going on. So I'm really, you know, I'm really excited. So let's get into it. It's your girl, Cy Brown, and today is our day to talk about uh, politics, what's going on with our economy, Washington news and policymakers, and we have to be aware, everybody. We have to be cognizant. We have to know. We can't just bury our head in the sand and say it doesn't apply to us because when your grandkids and your grandkids' grandkids and all those people are not getting any money from Social Security and you have nothing to leave them and you don't have a job, you best believe this affects every single body. As we as proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what you need. This is the one boy. 
Rabbit, a.k.a. DJ Rabbit, representing Rabbit Productions, hanging out chilling with my girl, Cy Buggy. That's right, Cy Brown on politicsremix.com. Say word. Big shout out to Dewan Boy who came up with that drop and then all my little secret buddies who helped me uh, get that biggie in there. I was so reluctant. I was like, no, this is politics. We have to be serious. And then when you just hear as we proceed to give you what you need, like how can you not just, <laughs> how can you not just love biggie? I also want to talk about today the earthquake in Italy. So let's let's jump off with the earthquake um that happened in Italy because it has such big implications about what's going on with disasters and natural disasters and how we are financially handling them because think about it. I I do not wish ill on our country. I love being an American. I love um, this country. But like Michelle Obama said, you know, Blacks didn't have too, too much to be proud of for a very, very long time. But when you look at something like Katrina, a situation like Katrina can bankrupt, not can, I will bankrupt a country, a, certainly a city, because there's so much money that's required to put that city back together. And we have people, you know, we have peeps <laughs> in New Orleans or in the outskirts of New Orleans, as they say. And it was very frustrating to watch how they built the stadium, what was it, the Superdome, right? How they rebuilt the Superdome and poured money and pumped money into the economy about the Superdome without really, I believe, taking into consideration the people that still didn't have a place to live people that are living in trailers and homes and staying with friends, that's that's so not cool. It, it's so not cool. And it's really a sad situation. I think it's I, I think it's not even just a sad situation. I think it, it's more it speaks to the humanitarian piece of it. To to but from a business and capitalist position, I understand why they did it. We want our leaders, our the people of government to have a heart. We want them to feel compassion. But that's not really what capitalism is all about. Capitalism is about greed and, 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 and forwarding and progressing your own personal agenda. So when you look at, look at what happened in New Orleans from that perspective, it makes sense why they would build the Superdome first. In order to stimulate the economy, we need people coming here, and in order to have people coming here, we need something for them to come to, and whatever, yeah, wah, wah, wah. But when you look at how it really affected the economy of New Orleans, I don't know how much of an impact it made, and I know for certain declaring all of these things disaster areas can really, really put a strain on our budget because we're sending down National Guards, we're sending money, we're sending relief, we're sending food. So when you have a situation like what happened in Italy, this strong earthquake hitting Italy the other day, 
and the world economy just floundering as it is, or, or actually our world economy on life support, I wonder what financial strain, what the financial implications are of this earthquake, this devastating earthquake hitting Italy. I know for a fact I've perused a lot of sites on the Internet, in, on the internet just to get information for the story, as any solid journalist would do. Um, and I remember reading that rescue workers were using their bare hands and buckets searching frantically for students who they believe were buried in a wrecked dormitory, and it's being dubbed as Italy's deadliest quake in nearly three decades. That's pretty bad. And as of, um, I believe, yesterday, if I'm, if I'm getting my information correct, which I am pretty certain, um, this earthquake killed more than 150 people and injured more than 1,500, leaving tens of thousands homeless. Now, when you look at let's 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 put that in perspective of Katrina. I know Katrina was bad, and I know we were struggling trying to recover from Katrina. And and quite frankly, we're still recovering from Katrina. We're still you know trying to get through what happened. There's still some people that are not in their homes. I know I went down to New Orleans to visit family, and I traveled with my camera. And I was we were there last summer, and I'll be there again this year a couple of times, actually. Um, and there's still trees that are hanging over. And, and I remember there's a small town uh, where the tree is still split, the house is still split down the middle with the tree still in it. Like if you can just imagine a house, and a big old oak tree, and the oak tree leaning and splitting it, almost like you would split a loaf of bread in half, and the tree was still there. And I said, how can this be after all of these years that trees are still in the middle of houses and that these things have not been demolished or leveled and that recovery is taking so much time? Why is that the case? Well, I think it, it really plays a role in the finances of what happened. And I know in Italy um, the earthquake, it was a 6.3 magnitude earthquake, and it buckled both the ancient and modern um, buildings. And I can't say the city. It's La Aquila. It's the L in the apostrophe, A-Q-U-I-L-A. And it's um, surrounded by mountains, snow-capped peaks, and it's called the Apennines, A-P-E-N-N-I-N-E-S, um, peaks. And on top of it taking its toll on what happened in the people of Italy, just imagine the cost, just imagine the cost associated with this cleanup. And we have, this is what this whole show is about. We understand the implications of if something like this happens here, but now that we live in such a flattened economy, what happened in Italy ultimately affects us as well. It affects us. We can no longer say, "Well, mm, that's over in Italy. Let them let them deal with it." No, because in our glo because of globalization, and technology, and the economy, Italy's problem has now become our problem. And it's just really my hope and my prayer that the people who died and the tens of thousands of people that have been left homeless because of this earthquake, they. Um, they can recover. Uh, just really finally, as we as we wrap this story up, hey, Spike, what's up? I see you just joined me in the chat room. And Deja Monet, he said, what it do? <laughs> He's so funny. Uh, do you see my new show's logo? I have the new show's logo scrolling. Let me know what you think. 
um, but as we start to wrap up this story and I get into uh, all the other good stuff that I want to talk about today, just the final piece to this um, is that the body of a male student was found during the daylight hours um, on Monday. And it's really sad because when the rescuers were, from what I understand, when the rescuers were going through the rubble, they found a dog who was bleeding. His paw was bleeding, and he was bleeding and bloody in this collapsed dorm. And relatives and friends of the missing just stood wrapped in blankets or huddled in furniture, pieces of furniture, trying to be sheltered from the elements just to find their loved ones. So I, I just plead to everybody who's listening to the show that understand that everything that happens in Italy, especially as it relates to this earthquake, understand that it's just not Italy's problem, and because of our economy, it's now our problem as well. So I just felt it was really important as we're talking about politics that we mention what's going on in Italy, because you best believe that that money, that they're going to come hat in hand to America too, looking for relief and help. And before we turn them away, we have to remember Katrina and what happened with Katrina, because everything is not just going to happen over there. One day that stuff is going to touch down in your own house too. You better believe it. So that's, I just had to get that in uh, about the earthquake in Italy. So I'm going to Turn from my, oh, wow, we've got a lot of people in the chat room. What's going on, Sandy? Hi, darling. And I'm um, dropping seed radio. Hello, Pastor Montan McDonald. Uh, you know, today is Tuesday, so we're talking politics for the full show. I opened up the show talking about that earthquake in Italy um, and, and really talking about how it's kind of going to be our problem, no matter if we think it's going to be our problem or not. Uh, also today I'm going to talk about in a few moments about uh, President Obama's visit to Iraq and how Vermont has now legalized gay marriage and what the implications of that are. So welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, and also follow me on Twitter, everybody, twitter.com forward slash life remix. Uh, one quick thing, too, I put up on my blog for all you writers. I see the chat room is full. For all you writers, I posted on my blog a piece from CNN, how more authors are now turning to self-publishing and print on demand versus going to traditional publishing houses. So if you're a writer, Pastor, I know your wife is a writer, uh, I would encourage you to take a look at the article uh, because it has, it's chock full of resources and information, and I'm all about getting people to get their story out of their head and, and onto, um, onto, into books. Uh, he says, working and listening can't chat much. It's all good. Sandy, you don't like, oh, you know what, Sandy? She's saying she doesn't like the homepage. I agree with you. And I actually started the show today like two to three minutes late because of that exact issue. I was like, oh, my goodness, where is everything? I couldn't even find what I was looking for. But anyway, we can talk about that behind the scenes. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I was like, you know, like Facebook did the same thing. Facebook did the exact same thing. They changed it, and then you couldn't find anything. But I guess it's called progress, and change is inevitable. So we have to always be prepared for change. If you haven't had a chance, read the book, um, Who Moved My Cheese, uh, because it talks about change. And Sandy says, you can't find what is on. You're absolutely, no, you're so right. I I logged on, and you guys know I do this show every single day, and I said, okay, maybe it's, <laughs> I thought it was my computer. 
Um, we have Andrea who listens to our show a lot. Her show is featured today online with Andrea, so congratulations to her. But yeah, it's 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 a little tricky to find. But listen, did you if you guys are not part of the Yahoo group, um, I will send you a link. Join the Yahoo group, the BTR Yahoo groups, because everybody reads that. If you if you don't have it, I can make sure you become a member of the group because it has a lot of good information about hosting your show. Um, and it's not the change. It's not knowing they were going to change it. Oh, yeah, I didn't know either. I didn't know either until I logged on this morning and was like, okay, um, I have to do my show, and <laughs> I can't find anything. So I see a lot of things changing, but, you know, remember what I always have said to, to all of you, uh, brand your name, and, and I'll leave that at that. So for all of you that want to catch up on the archives of Life Remixed Radio, please go to liferemixedradio.com, and uh, you'll see all my archives. They talked about it on the Blog Talk 101 show. I didn't know that, Spike. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the information. Okay. Uh, now that I've vented for a couple of seconds, I want to, you know what, let's talk about the gay marriage piece, and then I'll talk about President Obama's visit to Iraq. Well, I'm not sure if you knew at all, but uh, the state of Vermont has now legalized gay marriage. Uh, <laughs> and the Speaker of the House, Shop Smith, signed the gay marriage bill as Senator John Campbell, who is a Democrat from Windsor, looked on yesterday, April 6, 2009. And Douglas vetoed the gay marriage bill, which would send it back to the legislature for override votes in the House and the Senate, uh, on whether to override. Now, I don't understand. I, let's look at it from uh, we have to understand the foundation of the country. And for those of you that don't have my book, Politics Remix, shoot me uh, an email and I'll get a copy of the book to you. I'll send you an ebook. But um, in my book, Politics Remix, I talk about the Constitution and how the Constitution was founded and why the states are given power over the government. It's for just as a quick refresher, each state was considered its own individual government. And since the state was considered its own individual government, they created the United States of America just kind of as a unifying body in cases of war. So each state really is supposed to be run autonomously from the United States of America. So that's why a lot of times one state can have a rule one way and another state can have another rule another way, which I totally don't agree with. I think if we are a United States of America, we should have unified laws, unified driver's license, un just things that are just basic as it relates to being a citizen of the country. Because to say we're a citizen of the country but then each state can do its thing just to me seems bizarre. And I remember working on my chart of voter restoration rights, of, of felon voter restoration, this, you know, because I wrote the book while we were in the election season. And, you know, if you get convicted, if you're a convicted felon in one state, sometimes you can get your, your, your rights restored just upon release from incarceration. And other states mandate that you have to petition and then you have to re-register. I mean, it's, it's just a whole bunch. So when we look at this situation about gay marriage, I think things like this, there should be a unified law or a unified policy 
across the board. I don't think it should be left up to states. And what happens is our our federal government or those that lead us on a national level, when they don't want to deal with something, it is my honest belief that they'll pass it off to the states and say, oh, this is a state issue. This is a state issue. This is not, which really is a bunch of malarkey because they don't want to take a position on it because it may hurt them politically. I really honestly feel that way. Because if they started taking positions and implementing things on a national level, it could hurt their reelection bid. And I really believe that's what it's all about, their reelection bid and their reelection process. I don't believe it has anything to do with their belief of what's right and what's wrong. But let's let's let me just share with you, uh, you know, some bullets on what happened in Vermont yesterday because I think it's something that's really important and worth mentioning. And I'm just going to read this really small bit. What I'm about to read very quickly is from Huffington Post, but you can find it on any number of websites. It's all over the Internet on how gay marriage has been legalized. My question is, what happens when it gets legalized and then it gets overturned? So are all of those Marriages annulled? I, I don't know. But anyway, in Montpelier, Vermont yesterday, it's become the fourth state to legalize gay marriage and the first to do so with the legislature's vote. The legislature voted Tuesday to override Governor Jim Douglas's veto of a bill allowing gays and lesbians to marry. The vote was 23 to 5 to override in the state Senate and 100 to 49 to override in the House. Under Vermont law, this is important, Two-thirds of each chamber had to vote for the override. That is a very critical piece of information because that's a lot of times how um, partnerships and friendships are developed because they may need their vote later on down the line. Um, Let me go back to it. Um, The vote came nine years after Vermont adopted its first-in-the-nation civil unions law. It's now the fourth state to permit same-sex marriage. Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Iowa are the others. The approval of gay marriage came from the court. This is a breaking news update. Check back soon for further information. AP's story is below. What are you getting? My husband just walked in and told me he's going to the store. Sorry, everybody. Oh, get some Tim Tams? Okay. Sorry about that, everybody. (laughs) As expected, the Vermont Senate, he says hi to everybody, by the way. He says hey to everybody. Um, As expected, the Vermont Senate has overridden the governor's veto of that bill that would allow same-sex marriage. The House planned to take up the issue later Tuesday, but it's unclear whether there are enough votes to override the veto by Governor Jim Douglas. If there are, Vermont would become the fourth state to legalize marriages of gay and lesbian couples, the others in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Iowa. I'm just going to say my opinion, and I do not believe that gays and lesbians should be able to marry. And I can't even believe I'm saying that out of my mouth, but I do not. I have so many friends, <laughs> pastors, so pick me up some white cheddar popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was always, uh, you know, I, I, I shared with you all that I grew up in Greenwich Village um, in New York City, so I grew up seeing homosexuals hold hands. You know, some of my quote-unquote uncles were flamboyantly gay, uh, and I really had a heart and a passion. He put in a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, and, and I really had a passion 
you know, or a heightened sensitivity towards gay and lesbian couples because I felt, and I've seen a lot of healthy relationships. This is not a strike against lesbian and gay couples, not at all. And it's almost hard for me to take this position, but we all have to take a position on something. I have a girlfriend of mine, a friend that I went to school with in elementary school, which was in Greenwich Village in New York City, which is full of gays and lesbians. Um, I found out she's got a partner. And, you know, she put on Facebook that she had this baby in September and they're excited and there's pictures of her and the baby. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even know she got married. And then when I checked, she has a female partner, and I froze because this is someone who, you know, you go to elementary school with all your years, you're pretty close to them. And by all looks, they're very happy. They're very, um, you know, they've got a new baby boy. I mean, I, I was so happy for them. And then the question came up, like, do I think they should be married? And I've seen, you know, she's very well educated and she's a school teacher. But then I had to take it back to the Bible. And since I live my life according to what the Bible says and not what Saida says, I have come to the conclusion personally that I do not believe that they should be able to marry. Now, I do believe that there should be some type of civil unions, and here's why. The couples that I do know are truly couples. They share everything. They buy property together. Um, and, I, and I don't believe my religious beliefs should be imposed on anybody else. I share the Lord Jesus. I share God. I share my faith as often and as frequently in, in very different ways that I can through my books, my lectures, this radio show. Um, you're going to get a heavy dose of Jesus, and you're going to get a heavy dose of the Lord peppered up in there. But... I think we have to set boundaries, and what really led me to believe this way is when Janet Jackson's breast was exposed during the Super Bowl and everybody was up in arms and fines and CBS got fined and Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson and they're all over the news. And I remember thinking, well, when I grew up there was no cursing on TV, and now there's cursing on TV, and nobody said ass. And nobody said all of these things. And little by little, by little, by little, by little, we've been letting things go. And what happens is we're left with unintended consequences. And I think the unintended consequences of what's going on with this whole lesbian and gay issue is if you walk past any, any school, you will see, especially middle school, you will see guys holding hands, girls holding hands, girls walking around with do-rags, hugged up with other girls. My son's first girlfriend I did not like. I think she had a bad spirit. I think she was not nice. I did not like her. And I was so elated when they finally broke up. And I said, what did you even see in her? You know what he said? Because she likes girls. I thought I was going to fall out of the chair. I thought I was just going to – I couldn't believe it. Pastor Montag just put in the um, chat room, as long as I'm not forced to perform gay ceremonies, then I'm cool. I don't want to have to fight lawsuits from gay and lesbian couples. Well, you know, th that's my thing. I believe they should have – I do believe they should be recognized 
under the law in some capacity. I don't believe it falls under civil rights. I do not believe that. But I do believe that there has to be, I, that they should be recognized as a couple in some capacity. Because, uh, the, like I said, the couples that I know, a lot of the couples that I know, oh, hey, Hellraiser, I'm sorry, I didn't improperly acknowledge you. Thank you for joining me on Life We Mix Radio. Thank you, Sandy, for um, acknowledging our guest. Uh, Sai, so talk about the hate crimes bill. Is there news on a new hate crimes bill that I missed? I don't know. Let me know real quick, Sandy, and I'll Google it real quick and I'll pass my opinion. I didn't. I don't. I didn't know if a new one had passed. Um, but looking at it from a political perspective, which is what today's show is about, politics remixed, we have to look at the implications because what's going to happen is. Janet Jackson's breast and nipple getting exposed was the unintended consequence of letting things like Madonna and Britney Spears kiss. You keep letting all this stuff go and go and go and go, and we end up with stuff like what we got. What does this say in the chat room? It could could a homosexual rights, but now pastors can't speak out against the lifestyle. Well, you know something, and I'm a, I have a problem with that because you're absolutely right. And you know something, if black people as a body of people were as unified as the lesbian and gay and 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 uh, uh, what's the acronym? Uh, I can't think of the acronym for the whole lesbian, gay, transsexual. I can't think of the, the, the acronym for it. They are some unified people. They will march. They will put their money where their mouth is, and they will get legislation passed, and they are relentless. Now, how and I and I am familiar, Sandy, with um, how pastors can now not speak out against the lifestyle. I'm gonna tell you, I was a member of World Changes Church where Creflo Dollar was my pastor, and when he opened up his um, church um, in New York City, the first thing he said is, "We are not accepting of the gay and homosexual lifestyle." He said, "We love you because you are a child of God, but we are gonna love that lady right out of you," and he said it right there from the pulpit that we are going to love that lady right out of you. And he meant what he said. You do not see anybody openly gay up in World Changers Church International. He is not having it. He said because the Bible speaks out against it. And then you have someone like T.D. Jakes who you have never heard him speak out um, against homosexuality because he's allegedly known to have two openly gay sons, of which one in January was caught in a very lewd act to himself, engaged in a lewd act in front of police officers in a park. So how embarrassing is that for, for, for you know, one of America's most prominent pastors? But taking it back to the political side, which is, which is the slant that I really want to come from, thanks, Sandy, for posting that in the chat room. I'll, take, I'll click on it in a minute. Um, when you're looking at it from from the, the politics of it, the lesbian and gay and transsexual constituency is very large. They have money, and they vote, and they donate. So we have to be very, very careful about stepping on their toes because it's almost like awakening the giant, the sleeping giant. But... You know, let me read very quickly, um, breeze through here with what Sandy just posted in the chat room about the hate crimes laws. Now, I am totally against, and I'm sure we're all, you know, most of the people that listen to this show um, 
are Christians and dropping features, we have to be careful not to judge also. I was just getting ready to talk about that. You hit it right on the right on the spot. That I am totally against hate crimes. There was this one kid, I can't think of his name, where they nailed him, like, not nailed him, thinking of Eastern, Jesus Christ, my goodness, where they, like, tied him to a fence or something like that because they beat him up. and t- That is horrible, and those people should be prosecuted and persecuted for what they did to another human being. That is totally wrong. I am for their rights as, um, as people and as citizens of this country. I do not in any way that they should, the, the hate crime laws against gays and homosexuals should be taken to the tenth power because I am not against abusing any citizen in this country, especially if they're gay. Absolutely, absolutely not. But just as it relates to marriage, I do believe in civil unions, but I do not believe in marriage. Um, Dropping Seed says, um, we must understand the emotional, spiritual condition of the homosexual community. We can love the person but not the sin, bottom line, Sandy added. Yeah, and there is, but I think a lot of that comes from also um, society. A lot of that comes from what's seen. I know, I knew that my quote-unquote uncles were different and a little zesty, but I didn't know what it was, and it was never talked about. But now, you know, with us preaching to these young kids, abstinence, 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 they're engaging in so many other types of intercourse, it would make our heads spin in eighth grade and seventh grade. And so now we've talked so much, don't come home pregnant, don't come home pregnant, don't come home pregnant. Well, if I'm with a chick, I'm not coming home pregnant. Or if a guy says I'm with a guy, I'm, I, I can't get anybody pregnant. And that's the unintended consequences of some of the things that we say. While we're so quick saying don't get pregnant and, and uh, you know, don't catch any diseases or you better not be out there having sex, well, if a girl is with another girl, she's not considering that intercourse and she's not coming home pregnant. So those are the unintended consequences that, that we have to be careful. And when, when it comes to starting to pass laws that speak to these things, we have to really, really be careful with that. Um, How Elegant says, yes, civil unions and some rights should be given to them. They are sometimes more dedicated to their partners than straight couples. Absolutely, that's what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about. Dropping seed put, what trips me out is the idea of being born gay. There is no gay gene. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I I agree with that. The idea of nature versus nurture. I totally, I totally, I totally agree with that. And that's why I was speaking to the point of nurture. It's being massaged through our society. When you see Madonna and Britney Spears on a stage kissing and you see these young people, Lindsay Lohan, draped over all of these women, those thoughts are allowed to enter into your mind through all of your senses. So all of your sense, I don't know how, I told you all the story. My son, my oldest son got in trouble one time in school. I had to go to his school. I went there early one morning, and I asked him, I said, how do you think? How do you get anything done? The girls were all half naked, tight shirts, belly buttons, low-cut pants. I said, no way, no way, Jose. I snatched my kids out. We moved, and we moved. And my my that was the only year that they wore regular clothes to school. I stuck my kids back into school so fast with uniforms because uniforms, even on a bad day, 
they still look better than these kids going to school. Hey, Democratic Communists, thank you so much for joining us here on Life Remix Radio. Um, there is no gay problem. Let them reduce the population. If there is a gay gene, how will they propagate it? They produce no children, which is great. Well, you have to uh, be mindful of that because I just spoke before you joined us in the chat room how uh, a friend that I went to school with, a very dear friend who was a close friend of mine in school, she and her partner have a brand-new baby who was born in September. So, and she physically had the baby. I didn't ask how she did it because I didn't want her to think I was being nosy. I sent her my warmest congratulations on the newest addition of her family. I don't know how it was done. I don't know if she and her partner are married. I don't know all those details. But they can produce children. Or maybe, you know, some may, she physically produced her. She gave birth. She was pregnant and she gave birth. But they can adopt. And I have to swing back. I have to circle it back to what um, Sandy, how elegant, said in the chat room. She said a lot of them are more dedicated than straight couples. I saw a special on MSNBC probably about a year ago or a year and a half ago where this couple, two white men, were gay. They adopted two black children. But when they were little, the children that they adopted were very, very young. The house was gorgeous. Gore, 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 gorgeous. I mean gorgeous. And they had adopted the little boy. The little boy, they showed progress. He didn't appear to be gay or anything like that. He was a regular kid. They took him to football. They put him in classes. They had him in lessons. They had him in all of these things. And they had adopted a girl as well. Now, the only thing, you know, I'm black, but the only thing I'm going to tell you that I know is that their hair was a mess. I don't know who they they ended up with dreadlocks, the boy and the girl. And I was like, man, all she needs is a sister to come up there with some grease and a brush, and that little girl's hair can have some braids. But if that's the biggest issue that I saw out of this story, then, oh, well, poo-poo for side. But anyway, um, yeah, they, they did need a brush and some grease. But the point is they took two black children that did not have parents, and they raised them in a very nurturing and loving environment. And do I agree that two men are going off into the bedroom and they're raising children? Eh, I don't know. Jury is still out on that one. But there's some parents. Oh, one more thing about this story that I saw is that they put these two men through the ringer to become parents to the point where one of the dads didn't even work so he could be a full-time parent. So one of the dads went to work, had a really good job, and the other dad didn't work and stayed home or, you know, nurtured the children. I know plenty of people in the hood that crank out baby after baby. Their, their, their welfare check goes from 322 to 424 to 5-whatever it is after 3K. I don't know what it is. And nobody qualifies them to be a parent. And they have baby after baby. So, you know, these people get scrutinized to be parents. And like Sandy said, they are really good parents and have very, you know, loving relationships. It's just that it's the same sex. There's a lot of stuff in the chat room. Let me um, read some of the stuff, uh, what's going on. Uh, the Democratic Communists put, on average, gay couples contribute more to the economy than straight. Yeah, we were just talking about that. They are also great candidates for adoption. Yeah, because they're financially sound. They're highly educated. I'm talking about a, a slice of them. I'm not trying to paint the whole gay community with a broad stroke. 
And definitely this show was not intended to be a whole show about gayness or not being gay. It was the political implications of um, of Vermont legalizing gay marriage. Um, let's see what it says. They are socially persecuted. Yeah, they are. Um, oppression tends to unite people. Yes, it does. Yes, it Well, oppression tends to unite people. Black people have been oppressed, and we're the most disconnected race on the planet. We are so disconnected, it's terrible. And I said that at the top of the show. If we were as connected as they are through our efforts and through our finances, we would be all right, but we're not. Um, Democratic communists, it's obvious. What do you think the gay pride parade is about? It's about making a stand against prejudice. Well, I grew up in the village, and I'm, I went to the gay pride parade every single year every year growing up, and my mother was not a neglectful parent. My mother taught me about being accepting of all people because, don't forget, I grew up in a biracial household. So when you grow up in, in, in a house with parents of mixed race, um, it, it's tough. So my mother taught me tolerance on all fronts. And so as part of that, we went to the Gay Pride Parade and we celebrated and we watched them. Plus, I lived right down the street from where the Gay Pride Parade is every year in New York City. Um, Sandy says, uh, okay, what I'm saying is look at the Mexican community. They are a tight-knit community as well, so I see your point. However, I think the underlying secrecy and unity pushed their agenda forward. So unlike the 60s blacks. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. We were better when the secrets of the Black Panthers and the Masons, there was such unity. Of course, but what happens is a couple black people moved on up off the plantation and forgot everybody else. Um, they, the Black Panthers cleaned up the hoods and educated people. Well, you know something? We have the same power to do that now, but everybody's got this I got mine attitude. And that's why I said, I said this back in September right here on this show, that I'm almost happy this whole economic recession hit. And I was greatly affected. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but you all know my drama with this recession and this economy. But you know something? You know what it's doing? It's forcing people to go back to the foundation. It's forcing people to go back to what's important and what's not. I know we, we are. We used to give our kids, here's $20, go to the movies, I'll see you later. We don't have it. And even if I do, I don't give it to my kids. I know we're going to play Scrabble. No, we're going to play Monopoly. No, we're going to cook dinner. We're not ordering Chinese. Yes, I know we usually come home and eat right away, and if we're running late, we go get Chinese food. No, you're just going you're, you're to have hunger pains until I cook this chicken and this rice. And it's making everybody across the board reevaluate. And so I don't think it's such a bad thing. And I do think... What's happening right now is families are being united. Um, when whites went into the Panther movement, it was a destroy from within move. Uh, that's what we have to do to the gays. Uh, let's see. You have rappers preaching drug dealing and murder. The streets are flooded with drugs. Education is a joke. It's systematic oppression. Oh, well, let me just talk about that. What time is it? Okay, I have 15 more minutes left in this show. Um, Listen, you all know I'm writing another book. It's called Life Remix, based on a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show. And I am shouting all of my listeners out. Y'all going to see your name in my new book. You better believe it. Um, but I just made a, a chapter about the case for education. And is it right for us to teach our children about trying to get a job? 
and here's why. I have a friend that came from Guyana, and he said when he was in Guyana, he kept hearing America is the land of opportunity, America is the land of opportunity, America is the land of opportunity. So when he got to America, he couldn't figure out in the land of opportunity why was everybody looking for a job. And that has never left me. Okay, Spike, I see that you said you got to go. I love you for listening, and I'll check out your show. Um, everybody, check out Spike's show. It's um, weeknights at 9 o'clock. Spike, I won't be home tonight. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss it unless I catch the archives. Um, but anyway, let me get back to my thought before I run out of time. And we ha as it speaks to the whole educational system, we have to be careful what we're teaching our children because I do believe our current educational system is systematic oppression. My children and, and your children and all these other children are trained to a test, to pass a test, to, to teach, the teachers teach to the test without teaching any critical thinking skills or any analytical skills. So when they come out, they can't do anything but a job. They can't do anything but a job because they were never taught to think. And that's, um, that is exactly the differentiating factor between me being a teenage mother, I believe, and other people being a teenage mother. The school that my mother had me in taught me how to think. They didn't teach me what to think, which these schools teach our young people what to think. They taught me how to think. So when I was in a situation where I was pregnant, I was able to maneuver the annals of being a teen mother because I knew how to think. So when we talk about systematic oppression, that's exactly what's happening. And I think what, what, what has happened is a lot of people in the gay and lesbian community have taught themselves, they've become united, and that's how they get to a point in Vermont where Vermont legalizes gay marriage. And that definitely has political implications across the country. They're number four. They're number four. And I think if we just take a, a, a page out of their playbook, we can learn a lot. Um, democratic communists put training to be obedient non-thinkers. Absolutely. Critical thinking is something I talk about and teach those in my circle. I was raised in that environment, and I thank my mama every single day because of it. I just put on Facebook about two weeks ago, it took me to be this age to finally be happy that I'm smart. Um, but anyway, we're down to the last 12 minutes, and we talked so much about um, about uh, Vermont legalizing gay marriage and the political implications of that. But I do want to talk very, very briefly about President Obama's Iraq, our surprise Iraq visit um, or surprise trip to Baghdad on his way home. What does everybody think about that? The, the troops cheered him. I mean, this guy is a rock star in his own right, and I say that in the most respectful and the most loving way. But how do we think, what do we think about what's going on in Iraq and him going over there? Uh, and you know what? The reason we're able to engage in this conversation is because everybody who's listening to this show, we are all analytical and critical thinkers. I'm going to write a full blog about this, and I'll send you guys the link in tomorrow's show. I have so much to say about our president, and it's pretty shining. This man is single-handedly changing the world. And I'll tell you, my friend told me in August of last year that Obama was the Messiah. And I was like, you're crazy. And y'all know how I've had my love-hate fest with our president. Not hate, but, you know, I've gone back and forth. I'm like, man, you're bugging. The Messiah, come on, this is bizarre. 
But baby, somebody who has been able to single, first of all, he came out of nowhere. And how he has been able to single-handedly change the world. Come on, change. There, people were ready to burn the United States. Kim Jong-il in North Korea is ready to blow us off the face of the planet. And, and, and our beautiful president is able to just go around the world and finesse and massage and make things look better. I think his trip to Iraq was beautiful, and I'm so happy he did it. Um, us hearing about him taking trips to those places is reassuring for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it could be that he is simply trying to make a visible effort. You know what else I put um, in, in, in the new book that's coming out? Theatrics matter. Theatrics do matter, and that's exactly what this is. This is window dressing. We know that a lot of his initiatives may not pass, Hopefully he'll get voted in for another four years and he can really continue on with his great work. But let's look at it from he is in Iraq, war-torn Iraq right now. Imagine you're given, they've given Iraq the opportunity to stand on its own as a democratic country. How can you not thank these people? That's, that's one of the comments he made to the, to the soldiers that are over there. He flew into Iraq shrouded by secrecy and was shielded by heavy security from the moment he stepped off the plane, um, off the Air Force One. And uh, as I understand it, the plane touched down a few hours after the car bombing in the Shiite neighborhood of, uh, I can't think of the city, the capital city that had the recent surge in, in violence. But thousands of Iraqis have died there in the last couple of years. And for him to go in and speak favorably of the political process, speaks volumes. A lot of people, especially on Fox and on, the, and on the conservative stations, have said he's being very disingenuous towards the sentiment of the United States, and he keeps saying, oh, America, we're arrogant. You know what he's doing? He's calling it like it is. And the first thing at healing any relationship is admitting your own flaws and mistakes. With my sons, when I'm reprimanding them, the first thing I'll tell them, you know something, I am not the best mom in the world, and I don't have all the answers, but I'm doing my part. And then you go into, sometimes you have to be a little self-defecating. And you know what? A little humble pie never hurt anybody. A little humble pie never hurt anybody. Um, how elegant put he is, the pre-ante, you know what? He's showing us how unity can work. But the next global leader will be the anti, uh, more rock star like handsome and even more unity building. Keep an eye out. Uh, I would like to think Obama isn't yet corrupt. Uh, we have, Sandy put, we have to pray for him. I will wait to see what he can produce. You know what, though, Democratic communists? He's producing now. We don't see it. What he's producing now are the intangibles. Hi, Reverend Will. Thank you so much for joining us today on Life Remix Radio. Sandy is holding me down in the chat room. Good looking out. Thank you very much. Um, there is a government inside many governments that through the world. We Americans need to use more humility. Of course we do. And that's why I said he was very right and not wrong to say Americans are arrogant. Hillary Clinton said a lot of big reason why Mexico is down there beheading people and it's like the okay corral is because Americans' insatiable desire for drugs. If there's no need for it, then they wouldn't produce it. They're only going to produce what makes money. 
anyway, I think he did the absolute right thing, and I think him going into Iraq is really flying in the face of all those naysayers. And like you said, um, Democratic Communist, you said that you're waiting for him to produce. Baby, he's producing right now. He is producing because he's making, he took people from being in a frenzy to kill us to like, okay, let's chill. Let's see what America's going to do. He is calming the stormy waters. Do y'all remember the story of Jesus in the boat with the fish? Not the fish, where the the waters were choppy. I think it's in the book of Mark, if I'm remembering correctly. And he just told the waters, like, be still, chill out, relax. And that's exactly what happened. The other story with the fish is they were fishing and they couldn't get any fish. And he's like, yo, just cast your net on the other side of the boat. And all of a sudden the fish were plentiful. And that's the same effect that our president is having right now around the world. These people were ready to storm the barracks of the United States. And he's saying, listen, calm down, give us a minute. And he's telling us we're going to have to start fishing on the other side of the boat. And all these Republicans and conservatives are saying, I don't want to fish on the other side of the boat. That's to all these people that are reluctant to change. And he's saying, listen, I'm not saying go to another boat. I'm just saying switch sides of the boat. Go to the other side of the boat. And because of that, that's that's the, the progress that he's making right now. It's the intangibles that we cannot see, and it's creating a profound change in the world. And if you don't believe that, give it a minute, you'll see. Um, Sandy said, I forgot to twit the show. I had street pushers angry about the possibility that marijuana would be legalized. They say that harder drugs will come from pushers then. Reverend Will says, Hillary tried to get into this inside the government, and she did not get in. Um, Did you know that there is now a chief at NASA right now doing what? Um, Dropping C says, we must be careful not to make more of Obama than who he is. I totally agree with you, Pastor. I totally, that is a setup for failure and letdown. I totally agree with you, which is why I never, you all remember, I was so critical of him, so critical of him at the beginning. I said, he's never going to win, and if he wins, it's because it's a put-up job. But I'm seeing the sentiment and how he's just holding up his arms. Pastor, you know, when you're in the pulpit and you kind of put your hands up, people stand up, and when you put your arms down, everybody sits down. That's kind of what's going on right now. The jury is still out as far as my opinion about him and the whole Messiah thing, but I'll tell you one thing. Whatever he's doing, he's doing it right because had he not gotten in, I think our lives would have been, I think we were headed for disaster. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I really, with this whole banking thing and this global economy and people not working and people with guns, you do you know that there that the, the gun purchases have spiked like 40-something percent since November, November 4th? People are arming themselves for what? I don't know. Armageddon? I don't know. But I believe he really was brought in to save our planet. Call me, you know, an Obama Kool-Aid drinker, but I definitely believe that. Democratic communist says he has brought a lot of people together from many different perspectives. I just hope they can turn the country around. But he's turning it around now. He's turning it around now by diffusing the anti-American sentiment. George Bush wouldn't even talk to people. He wouldn't, they said when he went to the G Summit uh, a couple years ago, he's tapping his toes ready to go home. Talk about being disengaged. 
We have a lot to understand. Americans should be run by Americans. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, yes, certain people and certain guns are being outlawed. Yeah, they are. People are getting guns for fear of Obama taking guns from Americans. Nah, I don't think so. NASA has been cut 30% this year. I think NASA should be cut. I really do. I, I really think NASA should be cut. Um, oh, my goodness, I just got my 90-second warning. Oh, my goodness. How elegant. If we legalized all drugs, the pushers would disappear and the government would regulate that when he was reelected. That's when Bush was reelected. No pushers would not be eliminated. Nah. Well, don't you know the pharmaceutical industry are the biggest drug pushers in, the, in this country? How come you can go to Canada and get inexpensive drugs? These, the Merck's and the Johnson & Johnson and the Pfizer, they're bigger pushers than anybody that's on the corner. Oh, boy. I'm down to 60 seconds. Sorry, everybody. I wasn't even paying attention. Anyway, to Reverend Will, Spike Spielberg, Democratic Communist, How Elegant, Dropping Seed Radio, thank you so much for joining me today right here on liferemixedradio.com. Please remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening. Tomorrow I'll be at Horizons from uh, the Health Center for my women support group from 10 to 12 so I'll be doing the show for 30 minutes only tomorrow from their, from their office um, so I love you all and I'll see you tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time it's your girl Cy Brown and thanks for listening to Politics Remix today I'll see you all tomorrow as we as proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what you need This is the one Boyd, a.k.a. DJ Rabbit, representing Rabbit Productions, hanging out chilling with my girl, Cy Buggy. That's right, Cy Brown on politicsremix.com. Say word. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.